Thanks for listening. The following audio is a teaching from Calvary Tucson's Young Adult Ministry, Ignition. For more teachings, information, or if you'd like to support our ministry, please visit us online at ignitiontucson.com. We pray you're blessed by the message. Verse 9, So the chief cupbearer told his dreams to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches, and as soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cup bearer. So the butler here, he's explaining his dream to Joseph, and Joseph's not like, oh man, I gotta come up with something here. Um, uh, three, day, three days. God is, God is giving Joseph divine revelation into this. This is actually a spiritual gifting in the New Testament. The ability to um, have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, God can give this to you. Even now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can function like Joseph here. Now don't go pretending, please. I've met a lot of self-proclaimed prophets who are just like a little bit too, um, what's the word, experiential, you know, like be careful. But understand like God still moves in these ways. He likes to, he'll even speak through dreams. Don't think every dream is, is God speaking to you either. Show some discernment. But he, he has a significant dream and Joseph's listening to him and God is, God is giving Joseph the interpretation. How amazing. And, I, and notice guys, the interpretation was specific. It wasn't some vague detail, something obscure, that kind of subjective, like a lot of psychics or fake interpreters. He's very specific. In three days, you will know if Joseph was, was right or not. And he was confident because this was coming from the Lord. In fact, he was so confident in this interpretation that it would come to pass that he makes a request of the butler. He says in verse 14, he says, only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So Joseph, he, he sees this opportunity now interfacing with this butler, this guy who inter, who's going to be interfacing with Pharaoh face to face. He's like, this guy's going to be restored. He's going to be standing before Pharaoh. This is my chance to finally work around Potiphar's authority and get out of here and get, a, get an audience with Pharaoh. But he'll have to wait longer than he expected for this to come to pass, as we'll see here in a minute. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I, I also had a dream. So like you picture the baker, he's all excited. Wow, okay, I like this guy. I like this interpreter. He's one of those feel-good interpreters, you know, really like makes you feel good about life, motivation. He's like, let me tell my dream. It's my turn. I also had a dream, and there were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked foods for Pharaoh. So it's kind of like the, kind of like the butler's dream, right, Joseph? Right? Right? So it's probably going to be good, right? 
but the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And, Pharaoh, and Joseph's like, ooh. Are you sure they were eating out of the basket? They weren't like singing a song and Pharaoh wasn't? They were, the birds were eating. Really? Okay. No, c- continue. Continue. And Joseph answered, and he said, this is the interpretation. And by the way, I love, well, I, I shouldn't say I love it because it's kind of morbid. It's kind of sad. But it is a little bit humorous to see, at least how it reads in the ESV, because it seems like Joseph waits till the very end to turn it to a bad prophecy. Listen, he says, this is the interpretation of the dream. Three baskets are three days, just like the butler. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head. Yes, I knew it from you. Off your body, he will lift your head. And then he'll take your body and hang it, and the birds will eat your body. And so he's like, he goes from excited to very disturbed, you know, hearing, hearing this interpretation. But, you know, you have to commend Joseph for giving him the truth. Jo- Joseph didn't have to tell him the truth. God could have told him what was going to happen. And he'd be like, buddy, um, just wait and see, you know. It, it, just have high hopes, you know what I mean? Like, don't get discouraged. Put one foot in front of the other, buddy. You know, he could have like totally just avoided the subject altogether, but he doesn't. He gives it to him like it is. He's there to represent God to these officials, and God gives him this pronouncement of judgment, and Joseph is faithful to share it. Joseph shares the truth. He's a, he's a good example to preachers, to pastors. I like what James Montgomery Boyce said in his commentary. He said, How many there are who are willing to preach the cupbearer's sermon, but are unwilling to preach the baker's sermon? That's true. Because it can be real easy to share the good news. It can be real easy to share the pleasant news. Hey, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. That's not untrue. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? You know, a lot of, a lot of people avoid talking about the bad news. The, the reality is all have sinned and have fallen short of God's glorious standard. We are all, as sinners born and headed on a path to eternal condemnation, to hell, a place of eternal torment. This is what the Bible teaches. It's not fun. It's not good news. It's not, it's not pleasant to talk about or preach, but it's the truth. And if we don't deal with our sin and, and bring it to the Savior, that's where we're headed. That's the place that we're going. Unless we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, hell is the consequence that apart from a Savior, guys, God, doesn't, God has a general love for us, but we are enemies of God. And God will judge us if we are apart from the Savior, if we are apart from Jesus. And it's not a popular message to preach, but it's the truth. And I'll tell you that when people understand the bad news, they appreciate the good news a whole lot more. When you truly understand the truth of the bad news, you don't take for granted the good news. You don't take for granted the love of the Savior. It makes the Savior that much sweeter when you understand what you're saved from. Joseph tells them the truth, regardless of of how he's going to feel about it, good and bad. He tells the truth. Verse 20, On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. So it's his birthday, and I guess it was customary for Pharaoh on his birthday to, to celebrate the servants 
Um, and so he brings these guys out of jail like he's going to restore them, kind of cruel, and then he exposes the chief baker in front of everybody, probably to make an example out of him. He might even have him, his, him beheaded right there in the kitchen. Now who's up for birthday cake, anybody? After, right after the beheading, right? So he restored, he restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand again. So the dream came true. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted them, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph but forgot him. Man. So after this encounter with the butler, you got to believe, and, and Joseph receiving revelation from God, you know he was excited. He's like, this is it. This is my way out of here. Finally, like God has opened up a door for me to leave. And so you could imagine every creak down the hall, every open door, every voice he heard down the hall. He's like, this is it. They're coming. They're letting me out now. And then days turned into weeks and turned into months and years. And that had to have been so discouraging for Joseph. God, why would you tease me like that? Why would you dangle this freedom in front of me? And here I am, two years later. We'll find out next chapter. It takes two years for the butler to finally remember Joseph. And to us, it feels like a great injustice for Joseph. And I'm I'm sure Joseph wrestled with that. It's just one more big, ugly knot on Joseph's side of the tapestry, right? But remember, guys, God knows exactly what He's doing. His delay here is only intended to make things better for Joseph. It doesn't feel like that. It didn't feel like that for Joseph. But God knows exactly what He's doing, and He's working even this delay for Joseph's good. The same is true for you guys. Listen to me. God is not interested in wasting your time. God wants your life to count. If you're in a season of waiting, a season of frustration, Maybe a season where other people have forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. God is not wasting your time. God is working all of the things to your benefit if you're willing to follow Him and willing to obey Him. It's been said a lot, God is not only moving behind the scenes, right, but He's also moving the scenes that He's behind. He's totally sovereign over the circumstances in your life, be it blessing or difficulty. I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever been to the doctor's office and you had to wait like forever to see the doctor. This has happened to me numerous times. They tell you to go to that back room where it's like 50 degrees in there and they're like, hey, by the way, strip down to your underwear and sit on that uncomfortable table with paper on it. And so you're like hop up there and you're just like, this is so weird. I, never do I do this in life except here at the doctor's office. And you got to wait. Like a, you wait like a half hour. One comedian was like, you know, just once I'd like to tell my doctor, no, I'm not ready for you yet. Why don't you go into that room and wait for me? By the way, take your pants off while you're in right? right? And I'll tell you, that's not how God is, okay? God is not some busy doctor who, he's too busy to get to you, and so you're on the back burner right now. That's not God. God is totally intentional even with the seasons of waiting in your life. He's not trying to make you uncomfortable. And if you are uncomfortable, He has a purpose in that. If He makes you get on a paper table and sit there, He's got a, he's got a purpose for that, unlike the doctor. 
right? Think about Joseph. Joseph might be thinking at this point, Lord, just if, if I could just get out of here, I could go back to Canaan, I could maybe start up my own farm again and, and, and try, to, try to grow crops, and maybe my dream will come to fruition, but at this point, I just want to get out of here and get back to Canaan. And God's thinking, Joseph, just wait, buddy. Just wait a little bit longer because I have, I have plans for you you can't even imagine. Beyond your expectations. Just two more years. In fact, God uses these next two years to set things up for Joseph so perfectly that when Joseph's t- it's Joseph's time to be exalted, his exaltation happens in less than 24 hours. It, the turnaround is quick. He goes from being master of the dungeon to ruler of the land. God doesn't want to just make Joseph a free man in the kingdom. God intends to cause Joseph to run the kingdom. Second only to Pharaoh. And he doesn't realize this yet. He doesn't know this. He has, his expectations are probably way lower. And, and God just works this out. And before we know it, we'll be reading about it. Joseph is out of the prison, clean shaven. He's got his nice haircut. And, and he's smelling nice, nice suit. And he's standing before Pharaoh himself being offered a job. So God, you can trust God. Just, just as much as we know Joseph can trust God in this waiting, we can trust God in our seasons of waiting. So have patience, guys, in God's plans for you. Have faith in the work that He's doing in your life, knowing that He's working for you. He's working on your behalf at all times. Okay, so have faith. Exercise faith when you're staring at this ugly rug Know that God is working that masterpiece on the other side, and you will even get to see it one day. Now, the, the grand scheme of that rug, you won't be able to see till you enter into eternity, but God gives us little snippets seeing His promises come to fruition in our life. So just have patience. Continue with the hope of Christ in your life. And to be like Joseph and share the bad news, if you, if you don't know the Lord, I have to say that it's not true for you. If you don't have Christ in your life, your life is a waste of time. In fact, Judas, the one who rejected Christ, he was known as the son of perdition, of waste, of destruction and waste. His life was wasted because he rejected Christ. Don't don't let that be the case for you. Don't allow yourself to reach the end of your life with nothing of eternal value to show for it. Start thinking eternally. Don't allow yourself to stand before God and face death without the forgiveness of the Savior. And don't play with God's time clock. Listen to me. God will either be your Savior or He will be your judge. Those are the only two options. He is not the grandpa on the sky who's interested in answering all your questions when you stand before Him. He will either be your Savior and usher you into heaven or He will be your judge and cast you into hell. Those are the two options that we have. That's, the Bible is very clear. And the choice is yours. God says, I've set before you today life and death. Therefore, choose life and live. Listen to me. God does love you. That love has been demonstrated on the cross of Jesus Christ. But if you reject that love, you remain at enmity with God. You remain an enemy of God. And God will judge that. So don't, 
Don't reject the love of the Savior. Get right with Him. Even tonight, if God is tugging on your heart tonight, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So let's all stand and let's pray together. And Lord, we do thank You through Joseph's example, Your faithfulness. Though, Lord, the testimony of Your sovereignty in a believer's life. Lord, the assurance of knowing that regardless of what we face as believers, You are working it all for our eternal good. You are using these things to sharpen us, to strengthen our faith. Lord, to grow us as Christians. There is hope in every circumstance when we have Jesus. And we rejoice and celebrate that tonight. Lord, but I also realize that apart from Christ, it's a waste. Lord, and I recognize there may be individuals in this room or listening to this teaching down the road who don't have Jesus as their Savior. And Lord, so right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that You would give them courage, wisdom, that You would tug on their hearts. And if that's You, if if you're listening to this message, and maybe for the first time even, you're considering eternity. You're considering salvation in heaven and hell seriously but you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to tell you, He's the only name given under heaven by which we can be saved. There's no list of rules to follow that will save you. There is no religion that will save you. There's just a Savior. And His name is Jesus. And He is inviting you tonight into a personal relationship. He is inviting you to be forgiven by His work on the cross. And I want to tell you, it breaks His heart to see people reject His work on the cross because to count it as vain, to count the sufferings of of the cross as a waste of nothing, of no value. It it, it costs Him greatly to pay for your sins because He loves you. And so I pray that you would have the courage to reach out to Him tonight and receive Him as Lord and Savior. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room tonight and you would like to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, just raise your hand. Simply raise up your hand. This isn't for me. This isn't for the people around you. This is so the Lord can see you right where you're at. It's allowing the faith on the inside to impact your body on the outside. And this is business you could do in your heart. You can confess to Him that you need Him as your Savior. And if you're listening to this online as well, right where you're at, you can receive Him as your personal Savior. Call out to Him. He's near to you. He's listening to you. He sees your heart right now. And He desires to save you. So call out to Him. And Lord, I pray for those who are responding even to this right now in their hearts, that You would give them the the wisdom, the strength to continue down this path, that the enemy, the devil, would not come and snatch the seeds of hope and the Word of God that has been sown in their hearts, but they would find fertile soil, that this faith would bear fruit in their lives and really bring about change, that people would be born again, having heard the Gospel. We love you. We thank you for your love and care for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're hearing this and you'd like to give your life to the Lord now, I invite you to take the next step. Text the words, Ready for Jesus to 94000 and we can follow up with you. One of our leaders will be able to contact you and get you some free resources to help you grow in the faith. 
We invite you to come out to our in-person services every Thursday evening at Calvary Tucson's East Campus in the coffee shop area. We meet at 6.30 p.m. for coffee and our service starts at 7 p.m. In the meantime, keep reading, keep praying, and keep worshiping. God bless you. Turn away.